0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Genuine Love Podcast. I'm Virginia here with Jensen. Hi, guys. And today we are going to be finishing up Ruth. I'm going to be a little sad to finish up Ruth. I
1: know. It's such a short
0: book. Yeah, it's such a good book. I like old Ruth. Yeah, (laughs) old Ruth.
1: (laughs) That's what we call her. All right. So... Yeah, we're going to start with WWLW. See, it's sticking. It's It's sticking.
0: WWLW.
1: What We Love Wednesday. So... I will go first. Okay. What I Love Wednesday. I started reading this really good book. It's called The Passion of the King of Glory it's by Russ Ramsey. And it's just a retelling of the gospel. And it's so, so good. I saw it on another podcast Instagram page. And they were talking about how it's a good book to read for Lent mm-hmm. leading up to Easter. So I bought it and I'm reading it. And it's so good. It's, it's literally just like a retelling of the bible um obviously totally accurate um like he's not (laughs) adding anything to it it's just more of like a it's it's most certainly not to be a substitute for the word of god obviously but it's more of like a theatrical retelling of it and it gives you historical context but it's in like a story format that's cool so it's kind of interesting it's really really good i Mm -hmm. like it a lot i'm gonna
0: read that so highly recommend okay oh okay i want to listen to that on audiobook yeah you should would be in the carl
1: yeah it would be really good on
0: audiobook okay cool all right well my what i love wednesday is the rec tech grill <laughs> 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 so philip and i used to live in augusta and that's where this company is based out of the rec tech grill company <laughs> okay <laughs> We actually didn't even get this grill though till this year. We just had it shipped from Augusta, but it is such a good grill. Mm. This is the cool part. Okay, you can turn it on from your phone. What? So like, if we're at church and Philip's gonna grill something yeah. after the service, he can go ahead and turn his grill on <gasps> from church. It's that's Wi-Fi amazing. based. How cool is that? That's and it's amazing. So good. Like you could throw anything on there. You can throw your vegetables on there. Like that's how most I think I've told work, you this, but yeah. well, <laughs> It cooks anything. <laughs> it cooks everything, but it's any so, kind of meat. Any kind of meat, y'all. It cooks <laughs> steak even. Uh, <laughs> we actually had steak tonight, mm. but yeah, it's really good. I love it, and yeah. it makes
1: it where I don't have to cook as much. Yeah, we Choo-choo. don't have a grill. I wish we had one. Maybe that's the kind that Rack I need. Tech.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Philip can tell Jesse all about it.
1: Yeah, that's what we need to do.
0: Yeah, that's what we love Wednesday. That
1: is what we love on this Wednesday.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start us off in prayer, and then we're going to dive in to Ruth 4 and finish this book of the Bible. Lord, we love you and we just thank you for another opportunity to get to talk about your word. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the book of Ruth and the things that you revealed to Jensen and I just reading through it again. and Father, we just pray that you would continue to speak through us and that you would just help us not to say anything that is untrue of your character, God. We love you so much and um, we just pray that you would Help us glorify you in everything we say and do. In your name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. So kind of just giving, you know, an overview of the book of Ruth, since we're finishing her up, the Mm -hmm. last chapter, I would say that the main lesson or like one of the main ones, if not the main one of the book is that the life of a believer, the life of a Christian is not a straight line to glory it's not straight uh, not a straight line to eternity but they get there you know Mm -hmm. you're gonna get there eventually (laughs) god will see to it i love this quote by john piper he's talking about the book of ruth in particular but he says the life of the godly is not an interstate through nebraska but a state road through the blue ridge mountains of tennessee there are rock slides and precipices and dark mists and bears and slippery curves and hairpin turns that make you go backwards in order to go forwards But all along this hazardous, twisted road that doesn't let you see very far ahead, there are frequent signs that say the best is yet to come. And at the bottom right corner, written in an unmistakable hand, are the words, as I live, says the Lord. The book of Ruth is one of those signs for you to read. It was written and it has been preached to give you some midsummer encouragement and hope that all the perplexing turns in your life lately are not dead end streets. And all the setbacks of your life as a believer, God is plotting for your joy. And I read that and I was like, that is the perfect summation of the book of Ruth. And exactly what I feel like I personally got out of it mm-hmm. as we've
0: studied through it. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get started reading. Verse one. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there and behold, the close relative of whom Boaz spoke was passing by. So he said, turn aside, friends, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. So this gate was where, like, esteemed and honorable men sat. It's like their outdoor court. They would, like, hold court out there. Mm -hmm. And this other man, Boaz, kind of took off guard. He didn't know this was coming. He didn't have time to prepare an answer or anything like that. Boaz was sitting there waiting for him. And as he was passing by, he's like, hey, come here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to talk to you about something. (laughs) And verse 2 says, And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the closest relative, Naomi, who has come back from the land of Moab, has to sell the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. So I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it before those who are sitting here and before the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am after you. And he said, "'I will redeem it.'" And Jensen and I were talking about this earlier, and Jensen said, it's like, no. We don't want you to do it. We want Boaz to do it. then Boaz said, "'On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of the deceased, in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance.'" And the closest relative said, "'I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I jeopardize my own inheritance.'" redeem it for yourself you may have my right of redemption for I cannot redeem it so this man he was willing to buy the land but as Mm -hmm. soon as Boaz mentioned Ruth he was like oh I can't Mm -hmm. can't do that and it was kind of clever of Boaz to kind of start that way he didn't start as like hey will you marry Ruth it was like hey here's this land will you redeem it Mm -hmm. yeah I'll redeem it you also have to marry Ruth uh No. Yeah. And this man, when he talks about his inheritance, he may have already had sons. And that would kind of like mm-hmm. mess everything up. He probably was already married. So Ruth would have to be a second wife. That would have messed things up for him, made for some tension there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure because I'm sure a wife never wants her husband to marry another woman. Right. Probably. <laughs> Awkward. And so he's just, he taps out. Mm -hmm. verse 7 says now this was the custom in former times in israel concerning the redemption and the exchange of land to confirm any matter a man removed his sandal and gave it to another and that was the manner of attestation in israel so the closest relative said to boaz buy it for yourself and he removed his sandal then boaz said to the elders and all the people you are witnesses today and i have bought from the hand of naomi all that belonged to elimelech and all that belonged to chilion and malon Moreover, I have required Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, to be my wife in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance so that the name of the deceased may not be cut off from his brothers or from the court of his birthplace. You are witnesses today. So God here totally redeems his childless widow and her widow Mm mother-in-law. And this is even such a selfless act of Boaz, because from what we know, Boaz did not have any children. And so for him to provide Ruth with the firstborn, it really wouldn't be like his firstborn. Mm -hmm. He's basically giving this child up as Elimelech's firstborn, even though Elimelech's dead, Malon's Mm -hmm. dead, Chilion's dead, the sons. He doesn't even, he won't even get the honor of being like, this is my firstborn son who's Mm -hmm. going to get all of my inheritance he's redeeming another lineage and so this is just such a selfless act yeah. by boaz yeah
1: so i think one of the kind of a theme throughout the book of ruth is this back and forth like there's a setback and then there's some hope and then there's a setback and then there's some hope and then you know it kind of goes through the whole book so like in chapter one naomi and her husband and her sons leave their homeland in judah because of a famine And then Naomi's husband dies and her son, her sons marry Moabite women. And for 10 years, the women are barren. They can't have children. And then her sons die, leaving two widows with Naomi. And, you know, Ruth stays with Naomi. And chapter one ends with Naomi's bitter complaint. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. So not a super great ending for chapter one. And then in chapter two, She's filled with this new hope because Boaz appears on the scene and he could be a husband for Ruth. And then he doesn't propose to Ruth (laughs) and he doesn't really make any moves, or at least it seems that way at first. And then the chapter closes with this like really exciting hope, but like some uncertainty about how this might work out. And then chapter three, Naomi and Ruth kind of make this middle of the night move on Boaz and Ruth basically goes to him and says I want you to be my husband you know that we see like this tragedy of Ruth's widowhood and we- it's like oh it's gonna be this most beautiful love story it's so great and then <laughs> Boaz just you know drops an anvil on the whole thing <laughs> and there's another man according to the Hebrew custom that would have a prior claim on Ruth and and So because Boaz is so honest, he's not going to proceed with anything without giving this man, you know, what he's due lawfully. So chapter three ends again in a setback. And then we have chapter four where you know he goes to the guy and the guy's like yeah i'll do it and virginia's not lying i literally was like that that was a bummer and i know how the story ends and even reading that part i was like no no nobody wants you like bring bring back boaz out of here that's that's the one that we want the kinsman comes by and boaz tells him the situation you know naomi's giving up this property that she has so that the inheritance stays in the family And then he's like, yeah, I'll redeem it, but we don't want him to. We want Boaz to do it. So here we're seeing another setback. But the irony of this setback is that it's being caused by righteousness. So this guy is just doing his duty. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But it's just kind of a reminder that our frustrations are not only caused by sin, but they can easily be caused by Poorly timed righteousness, <laughs> which sounds dumb. But that's basically what that is. And then, you know, Boaz says, you know, you got to take Naomi's daughter-in-law as your wife. And, you know, to our great relief, he says in verse 6 that he can't do it. He might be like what Virginia said, married already or whatever. But we're all cheering in the background because <laughs> we're like, thank the Lord. He's he's busy. But still there's this kind of looming cloud overhead of the fact that we've seen, you know, at least up until now, it seems as though Ruth is barren because in in chapter one it said she'd been married to Malon for ten years and they had no children. So even now we're still kind of in this suspense. So it's it just seems like this is like one curve after another. And you never know what's coming. But One of the, like what I was saying earlier, the the point of the story is that the best is always yet to come. No matter where you are as a believer that loves the Lord, the best is always yet to come. So we're going to pick up in verse 11. It says, And all the people who were in the court and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel. May you achieve wealth in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. Moreover, may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, through the offspring which the Lord shall give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord who has not left left you without a redeemer today. May his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you... Then seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. So they named him Obed. He is the father of Jesse and the father of David. Now, these are the generations of Perez. To Perez, who was born Hezron, and Hezron was born Ram. To Ram, Amenadab. Amenadab was born Nashon, and Nashon, Sam. Salmon. I love that name. Salmon. That's a very good mm-hmm. one. Can't forget to, that. <laughs> to Salmon was born Boaz, and to Boaz, Obed, and to Obed was born Jesse, and Jesse, and to Jesse, David. Wow. You're welcome. I really got the short end of the stick leaving the, <laughs> the lineage on you that. You are
0: welcome. You know what's so cool though? Mm. When they say, and may you become famous in Bethlehem, you know, who came from them from their lineage was Jesus who Mm. was born in Bethlehem, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Boaz's name did become famous because he was in the lineage of Jesus. And even like when it, it talks about all these people came from the lineage of Perez, Perez comes from Judah, who Mm -hmm. was Jacob's son. Jacob had the 12 sons who all became nations of Israel. But the way that Perez was conceived was Tamar, the Mm -hmm. daughter-in-law, who lost her husband, tricked Judah Mm -hmm. into sleeping with her Mm -hmm. by acting like a prostitute. Yeah. So she slept with her father-in-law so that she would be able to conceive and redeem that lineage. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how they had a child who, from all of this lineage, eventually came Boaz. And then Boaz came Jesse, and then Jesse David, and David Jesus later mm-hmm. on down his lineage. And so it's just so crazy. It's just another example of how mm-hmm. God redeems. And he used the way someone was even conceived. He still used them. And he even used the people, Judah and Tamar, who, um, you know, did this. Terrible. I mean, even though Judah didn't know this it was his daughter in law, he was sleeping with a prostitute. So mm-hmm. he thought Tamar was sleeping with her father in law, and she knew that to redeem this lineage. And it's just a beautiful example, too, of like even if you were conceived from something you're not proud of, mm-hmm. or if you've done stuff that you're not proud of, you can see in the Bible, God uses imperfect people. And with, you know, forgiveness and salvation and he he redeems and he restores. And you don't have to think that just because you were conceived in a certain way or you've done something that you're very ashamed of that he won't use you because he definitely can. Mm-hmm. And if he chooses to, he will. So that's something that I think is very important to remember, too. You're never a lost cause yeah. with the Lord.
1: I think Ruth was written really to help us see God's grace in our lives and to help Mm -hmm. us trust his grace even when we can't see it and to remind ourselves that it was God who acted in our lives and turned all of our setbacks all of our failures all of the things that you know that we were born into the sin in our lives he's the one that turned those into joy Mm -hmm. and it's God that is always wanting our good he is always pushing for our good and you know, like in the book of Ruth when Naomi's whole life seemed to cave in while in Moab it was God who gave Ruth to Naomi Mm -hmm. and you know in chapter 1 verse 16 we learn that the foundation of Ruth's commitment to Naomi is her commitment to the Lord and she says your God shall be my God so God you know won Ruth's allegiance in Moab so it was to God that Naomi owed this amazing love of her daughter-in-law And then in chapter 2, verse 12, it says that when Ruth came to Judah with Naomi, she was coming to take refuge under the wings of God. So it was like Ruth owed her home and her family to God. And Mm -hmm. she wanted to follow and she wanted to serve Naomi as an act of submission to God. And all along, it was God turning Naomi's setback into joy. And even though she was so oblivious to what he was doing and oblivious to his grace for a time. Going back to chapter one, Naomi kind of gives this impression that there is no hope that Ruth could ever get married and raise up children to continue this family line. Mm -hmm. And all the while God is preserving a wealthy and godly man to do exactly what Naomi desires. And, Naomi recognizes that the quote-unquote accidental meeting of Ruth and Boaz was the kindness of God who has not forsaken the living or the dead. She says that in chapter Mm -hmm. 2, verse 20. And in every loss that we experience as believers, God, once again, is always wanting our good. Mm -hmm. And he's always desiring the best for us. And then, of course, there's the fact that Ruth was able to have a child look at chapter 4 verse 11 the townspeople are are praying for boaz and ruth and they know that ruth had been married and that she couldn't have children mm-hmm. and they remembered rachel whose uh womb the lord had opened a long time ago and they pray that god will make ruth like rachel and leah so it says that they you know in verse 13 that they conceived a child so again uh, like over and over in this book it was god who was at work mm-hmm. in these setbacks and when Naomi lost her husband and her sons he gave her Ruth and when she couldn't think of any kinsmen to redeem this situation he gave her Boaz and when Ruth married Boaz God gave them a child mm-hmm. and the so like I was saying earlier the life of the of a believer is not a straight line to to glory or to eternity but God is always making sure that we that we get there, and he is in every aspect of our lives weaving a story that has eternal impact.
0: Yeah, and he is so purposeful and detailed in everything, Mm -hmm. and even thinking back to like how you were saying Ruth couldn't conceive. Obviously, that was the hand of the Lord, because if she had conceived and had sons, there would be no need for a kinsman redeemer, because her sons would have carried on the lineage. So, God obviously closed her womb so that she could not conceive with Malon Mm -hmm. so that when they came back and she could not conceive with Malon in Moab and so that whenever they came back to Israel where they were supposed to where Naomi was supposed to have been all along and her family was supposed to have been all along there was a need for a kinsman redeemer who was Boaz and it says the Lord enabled her to conceive yeah and so it was purposeful so even in our pain there's purpose even in our waiting there's purpose um it may not be something as great as you know being in the lineage of the messiah Mm -hmm. as ruth's story but there's always purpose and there's all god's always using things like this for his glory and for our good and it's important to remember that and it's hard because we can't see it ruth didn't know she Mm -hmm. never knew on this earth that the messiah was coming through her lineage but he did and we know and we can see that and it's just so amazing to be able to look at that and be like wow god you're really cool yeah (laughs) the the way you detail everything Mm -hmm. is just amazing
1: yeah and another kind of um theme of the book of ruth is that that i saw was that god wants us to understand that when we are following him our lives mean more than what we think that they do Mm -hmm. and there's always a connection for the christian life between the ordinary events of life and then the work of god in history so everything that we do in obedience to god regardless of how small it is it is significant and it is creating an eternal glory For us in heaven, John Piper, again, I'm just John (laughs) John Pipering all over the place. But he says, Serving a widowed mother in law, gleaning in a field, falling in love, having a baby. For the Christian, these things are all connected to eternity. They are part of something so much bigger than they seem. And I think that's a great way for us to think about our day to day lives, every step being obedience, our lives being one continual walk of obedience so that we can create this eternal impact that even though these things seem so insignificant and not a big deal, it's creating an eternal impact for the kingdom of God. There's really cool things that happen in the book of Ruth, like they have this baby and you know all this stuff is redeemed and Naomi is like this super happy grandma slash mom situation and it's really cool, but there's even hope beyond that and that's one thing that i love about the lord is that he's not he's not like us he's not just in the moment all the time you know he yeah. sees so he sees forever he sees further down and so there's hope beyond the things that we are joyful about and that's such an incredible blessing because you know this this story of ruth points forward to david who points forward to jesus and jesus points forward to the resurrection and you know when in revelation 21 it says death will be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain for the former things have passed away so it's a reminder that the best really is yet to come Mm. and that is just an absolute unshakable truth about the lives of believers who walk in obedience who follow christ that's such an encouragement to me reading this these four chapters like such a small book
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but to understand that as a believer, the best is always yet to come when we, when we walk in obedience.
0: All right, y'all. Well, that was the book of Ruth. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And we hope you learned something. If not, we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But next week we are going to be back with Sarah Garcia yeah, so excited. And she is the owner of Glorify Apparel, which I've mentioned, we've talked about before. Yeah, that was about our, their What We awesome Love. sweatshirts. Didn't we yeah. use that for What We Love Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, we did. But she is just someone who has a heart of evangelism and... We've invited her on to talk about evangelism and Mm -hmm. just what that looks like in her day-to-day life. She lives out in California, and so it's a little different than where we live here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited to talk to her and to hear what she has to say about Mm -hmm. that. And so, yeah, it'll be great. Come back next week to hear about that.
1: Yep. And if you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, anything like that, you can email us at GenuineLovePodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram at Genuine Love Podcast. All right. We will talk to you all next week. See you all next week.